Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Austin Pudding Podcast. I every time I do that, I every time I say that, I do like a hand motion, but this is not a visual medium, so you can't see it. And I'm not even going to bother trying to describe like what I'm doing with my arms. It's very underwhelming, but like I am like they're going in directions, and you can't see it. Uh, and it would just be futile to describe. Like one of them's going up and one's going to the side. And just like, woo. So, I mean, do something with your arms that you, like it feels like what I'm describing when you do it, uh, where one of your arms is going up and one's going out, like perpendicular to your body. And you got it. And do it, do that with me every time you listen to the show. Actually hold your arms in that position for the duration of every episode that you listen to. If you can withstand the lactic acid buildup by the end of the hour, <laughs> then I, we don't have any like swag, like pod swag. <laughs> I'm thinking of making like mugs or shirts with their crazy ass logo. Again, designed by the wonderful cat Elia, friend of the show, friend of my friend of me personally, but also friend of the show and artist of the show. I, I've been thinking of trying to get that on like shirts or like a coffee mug or something. Uh, <laughs> I guess if you can withstand that lactic acid buildup, then I'll I will I'll get shirts made and I'll give you a freebie. But uh, oh, the only one like the, you have to you have to record a video of yourself holding whatever position you're in for the entirety of the episode. And like, and you have to prove to me that you're listening to the episode the whole time. Like, I just, I don't want to see a video that is exactly the duration of the episode. Like, you get, get a huge, like, PA system and, and play, download the episode to an iPod Nano, an iPod Shuffle, and, and, and plug it into an ox into this big ass PA system. Like, I'm talking like a, a, like a, like a concert hall PA system. Like a small, like a, a 300 cap concert hall PA system and plug it into your iPod shuffle. The square one. Remember the square iPod shuffle with like the metallic like color finish? Yeah, one of those. It has to be this way or else no shirt. Deals off. This, These are my demands. And if you want this fucking shirt, do this. Uh, I have an I have an artist. I should. Uh, well, I'm Harry uh, Gustafson. Uh, if if you're if we need last names, uh, I didn't know we knew each other like that. She's buy me dinner first. And um, today we're continuing along with season two, and we have the Hit Factory. Who honestly, these guys are so nice. Uh, Tom Lash and Harmony are the duo that comprises the hit factory. They're going to be so thrown off by that fucking intro where about the t-shirt and the, and the PA system and the iPod shuffle. And they're going to be like, what the hell did we, why did we agree to talk to this weird American dude from Boston? Anyway, hi Tom. Hi Harmony. It was so great to talk to these guys. There's a, because we are doing a zoom call like internationally, the uh, the call quality is not like top top notch. I think we were both having some connectivity issues on our on our various ends. So there's a you've some fuzzy moments when Tom Lash and Harmony are trying to talk. So apologies to them that their words are, uh, 
might get a little warbled. And apologies to you, the listener. I try to make this uh, listening experience as easy as possible. I demand the highest quality audio. That's why I got a new mic for this season. I forgot to say that in the first two episodes. I have a new mic, and I can tell I can hear the difference. Uh, I don't know if any of you are listening that intently to the audio quality of my uh, my dialogue, but tracking my my audio has been oh it's it's night and day. Um, so I'm coming through. I'm I'm gonna be doing some. Uh, I think of this season I'm gonna get into some uh, some type of ASMR stuff. I'm just getting. Real close, chewing gum. I'm real close to the to the microphone. Uh, anyway, we'll we'll see about that. Uh, <laughs> can you fucking imagine me doing ASMR? I don't wanna. Oh, my skin's already crawling, uh, and I hope yours is too. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry, Tom Lash and Harmony. I'm sorry, the Hit Factory. Uh, I, this would I'm I've recorded the intros and outros to these first three episodes all in the same night, and like if you listen to the intro to the first episode, I was already on this page, like I was I already had this energy, and so it's now this is like the fifth one of these in a row that I've recorded. But I'm just I'm just going off. I I've been I've had a lot of lot of weed gummies lately. Not not like tonight. But like lately, so I mean, my computer's gonna die soon. So I'm gonna like wrap this up as quickly as possible. But here's my interview with the Hit Factory, Tom Lash and Harmony. Like the last supper, the screen on the lamb with the grasshopper. 
chill with your flight chopper. You see this life where we did, God level, man. You know the first to be flooding with the bad devil. I've been gunning since I turned seven. Heavy on my heart, I wanna make heaven. I got lost in the world till I found grace. But we passing me long like the wind race. Cause life is a marathon, make way. The heat factory, pray day. No matter what you they face, make it not bring you down. Keep your head up high, Baba God in your side. No matter what you they face, make it not bring you down. Just keep your head up high, Baba God in your side. We'll be passing with long like the wind race. With the back, Baba God, make we see grace. Oh my God, show the way, bless my hustle. Happy New Year, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Happy New Year to you too. How's uh, how have the first couple weeks been? <laughs> well, it's uh, it's been chilly out here. It's been quite tough with the economic climb in Nigeria. That's where we are, but we're holding mm-hmm. up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys are are calling from Lagos. Yes, we are. We are. Nice. Well, what is it like this time of year? Uh, presently, though, so the, the weather pattern right now is like Hamatan. That's what we call it over here. It's like, it's like the closest we have to winter. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of chilly, not, not quite chilly, but <laughs> it's cooler than it usually is. Yeah. How, how cold is it on, like on average? What, what is chilly for you guys? Chilly for us is maybe 25, 26 degrees. Okay, in Fahrenheit, like, I mean, like, we used to centigrade Celsius. So I can't remember how that is in Fahrenheit, but in Celsius, that's like 25 degrees. Like, for us, that's cool. Yeah, I was going to say, usually, that, yeah. that's 20, 25 Celsius, I would, I would guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because here we're, we're like, uh, I think today is a balmy 23 degrees, but that's in Fahrenheit. <laughs> in Fahrenheit, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm in Boston, uh massachusetts right now oh okay wow yeah, that's, yeah. Great. that's great so that's we're great. in the middle of like our winter <laughs> and it gets wow, very yeah. very cold January, that figures yeah i go to work i get to work every day and my my fingers are like frozen i have God. to make like a hot tea and get my hands around it wow uh, wow 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 <laughs> sorry to hear that <laughs> yeah, it's I choose to live here willingly, is what I tell myself. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Um, it's all good. It's all good. But uh, yeah, I, so I, I was taking a couple extra minutes while you guys were getting ready to read up because I wanted to see how Nigeria is doing uh, right now at the uh, Cup of Nations because you guys are in the, I don't know if you're, you're football fans, but yeah, uh, yeah. We're the second round real soon, like yeah, yeah. tonight. I th- yeah, I think your your game's on against Tunisia, uh, like exactly, in a few hours. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. What do you think your chances are? Because you guys usually have a pretty solid team, 
I feel. Yeah. I mean, like, funny enough, I, I think, like, Nigeria is probably the strongest we've been, like, I don't know, the past few years. So I think I found your chances this time around. And then Tunisia is actually not the strongest right now because I heard, like, practically most of their team is struck with COVID. Mm. So they're not even playing with their strongest team. And then we have quite a decent team. So I'll say the odds are, like, maybe eight. Eight out of ten for us to win. So okay, nice. Should be good. Pretty confident. Yeah, nice. yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> I. You guys usually have a few players that I I like. So I, I follow the English league specifically Arsenal a lot. Oh, wow. So I'm actually an Arsenal fan, but yeah, but Arsenal has been off for a number of years. Now, I, we don't have yeah. to talk about Arsenal, but yes. <laughs> uh, but I know. Yeah, um, I uh, has uh, Awobi been playing many games this tournament? I like him a lot. Yeah, I mean, like, Awobi's had a relatively quiet tournament. I mean, I didn't watch the last game. Maybe he played that. That's the last group stage game. But I know the first two games, the first game he came at the end of the game, basically. And the second mm-hmm. game, he was, uh, like, a substitute in, the, I think, the 60th minute. Mm-hmm. So he's not had, like, the... Most flamboyant tournament, but mm-hmm. I think he's doing okay. He's holding yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's usually... He's doing quite well. Yeah. He's one of the other, like, Premier League players on the team. And so... Yeah, I, yeah. And NDD as well. Mm-hmm. Because they play yeah, for, sorry, like, Leicester, I think? Yeah, both of them. Both of them. Uh, yeah. It's quite impressive that you follow soccer like that. <laughs> Uh, I became an Arsenal fan in like 2002. Like I was like 11 years old, and wow. that, that, I mean back then, you like you know as an Arsenal fan, they were really good. They were one of the best teams. Yeah, the Invincibles and Henry it's, yeah. and yeah. no, yeah, yeah. Thierry Henry was my favorite player growing up, and ever yeah, since then, it's, you know, being an Arsenal <laughs> fan is going this way. <laughs> yeah, I know it's sad. It's real sad. I mean, yeah. I just hope we get back up. I do. This season, there's been uh, some like promising stuff this season. I like where the, yeah. the team's headed. You know, Bukayo yeah, Saka, Gabriel Martinelli, good yeah. young players. Yeah. True, true, true. We just hope uh, we, we build on the momentum. Yeah. True talk, true talk. Yeah. Glad to have you as a fellow gunner, by the way. I, you know what? I'm, I had a feeling, uh, you know, in my heart, this was the right uh band to book <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> to, yeah, yeah to talk too. to <laughs> thanks thank you yeah <laughs> right, yeah right right sweet but yeah uh cool yeah thanks for um talking football for a minute uh yeah true, but I'm, true. I'm gonna make sure i i follow the nigeria game later today oh, oh yeah i would appreciate the moral support <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> True, um, true. Thank you I'm that. not. I'm not talking to anybody from Tunisia later today. So I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll be Team Nigeria for for this game. You know, it's, it's funny. One of our ex internationals, Daniel Amokachi, his wife is Tunisian. Like I don't know if you know him, the bull. He's like mm-hmm. like one of the legends from Nigerian football. No, what what teams yeah, like, did he play for? He played in the clubs. He played for Everton. He played for Everton. Okay. Back, I mean. I mean, he was like, you remember USA 94? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like three years old, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're going back that far. (laughs) Yeah, so that's when he was like really, really top with Rashidi Yakini and those guys. So 
he was like, yeah, quite big back in the day. So he's married to a Tunisian. So I wouldn't want to be him tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's get into talking music because I spinning your guys' EPs for the past couple of days. Nice. nice. One is the Hit Factory. Is that a self-titled one? I didn't write down any of the names. Yeah, it is a self-titled one, yeah. Nice. And that came out a couple of months ago. Was it end of 2021? Yeah, they're about. Nice. And so how'd you guys first get together and start making music? How long have you guys known each other? Uh, yeah, we, we've, uh, we've known each other for a while now. It's, uh, it goes as far back as 2014. Well, yeah, but we actually did start making music together then, but we hit it off then. We just knew we had that chemistry because he was like, how many is like one of the most amazing vocalists I ever met? And I'm not trying to flatter him. Like, I really mean that. So I always knew I was going to link up with him at some point, but it just had to be at the right time organically and stuff. We actually didn't make music together until maybe five years later, funny enough. Mm -hmm. You know, we kind of lost touch for a while. And then about five years later, we reconnected just got it off man like we never left it off in the first place mm-hmm. it was beautiful yeah I, I love stories like that where you you meet somebody and then you know you're not really sure like where the connection is going to take you maybe you like drift a- apart for a little bit but yeah like you know it was sort of meant to be because you you come back together and that's like the test of like any any working relationship right yeah 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 true um, true true it's we're just really happy you took off, really. So as individuals, how long had you, had you been making music before starting the Hit, hit Factory? You want to go first, Tommy? Yeah. I started singing at the age of five. I was five years old. Then um, at that point, I wasn't interested in music. So I was encouraged by my, my school teachers. I was encouraged by my, my, my mom. She used to be a singer back in the day. So... I fully kicked off my career. I'm making up my mind that I want to sing. And that was around 2006. So from there on, I've, I was just, um, you know, writing songs. At that point, I couldn't afford the studio sessions and all. Then fast track time down to 2014. So I met Tom Lash. I met him in a recording studio. So he was having a session. Then a friend of mine came. He just went like drop a hook on an instrumental. So it sounded kind of rude. And unpleasant for me to like stop his session and talk to the producer because I know the producer. Then he had to like tell Tom, Tom, you know, you just have to like chill for a minute. Let's just work this song with this guy. Then I didn't know Tom from but I couldn't read the um, the unhappiness in him. Like, ah, like who are these guys? Okay, let's just hear what you did. Yeah, no one likes their flow interrupted, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so when he heard the the hook on the song, and he. He fell in love with it and he was like, ah, I like this guy. I like the way he sings. Oh, so just just like off the cuff like that? Just the off words the cuff, that came man. to you? Off yeah. the cuff. So I didn't get his uh, contacts reaching. Then I never knew he was looking for me all this while, like trying to reach me. Okay, fine. I would like to work with this guy. And so, so then as God will have it, we met sometime, wasn't that two years after? Three years. Yeah, like three, yeah, three, three years after. So yeah. we connected and exchanged contacts. We recorded a couple of songs. Then, just as I said before, the chemistry grew strong. Then we got close and we understood music. So to cut the whole story short, that's how we, we merged each other's different style of music. He's a rapper, I'm a singer, mm-hmm. and he's a fantastic lyricist as well. So we, 
there are times we get to like put ourselves in check, you know, putting the right rhymes and the rhythms and everything gets to balance with each other. So I felt that synergy together. Like for most times when we get to record songs, he gets to criticize his part. <laughs> and I get worried because I don't know his um, opinion on all my own verses. So I feel like, okay, fine. Let's just, let's just um, serve the song out to the people. Let them listen to it. And they'll be like, wow, mm-hmm. that's nice. Too. Then he gets very worried. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I don't think, yeah, yeah, your song is nice, it's good. Mm-hmm. That's it. No, that's not cool for me. Like, he's an ambitious mm-hmm. uh, you know, lyricist. So that's, that's, how, that's how we met. That's how we recorded more songs. Then at this stage, I thank God we understood each other more better. Mm-hmm. that's a nice that's a nice working relationship you know i always like yeah, when there's like you. one person who's like you know we can't just it can't just be nice it's got to be we got to like so, yeah, push super, it a little yeah. further yeah, yeah, yeah. and the, yeah that is that is ambitious yeah uh tom how long have you been have how long have you been rapping uh, i'm trying to like get your actual like official date now that was uh officially nine years okay Officially, officially, nine years. But unofficially, it goes way back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Was that was that nine year mark? Was that with the like the first time you performed or like recorded as a rapper? Recorded, recorded. Okay. That's the first time I recorded professionally nine years ago. But yeah, so even before that, you were maybe like yeah, you know on the you sidewalk. Know, vibe. Yeah, vibes. Just, you know, like I always knew I could vibe. Like I knew mm-hmm. just like. How many so you started like at the age of five? For me, okay, well, at the age of five, I wasn't rapping actually. I was just, <laughs> I know I just like music. Like I was always up and down, going here and there and all. But I think from like maybe the age of 10, going into like teenagehood, I knew I could vibe to a beat. Mm-hmm. Like I could just be watching TV and I'm hearing like the background score or instrumental. And I just found myself vibing. I mean, I was an awful lyricist back in the day, by the way. I couldn't even, like, but I had to When you were five? <laughs> no, not when I was five. When I was, oh. like, 11. No, when I was, like, 11. Still, still. You know, like, yeah. I feel like the you just got to work on, like, the basic techniques yeah. at that age yeah. and then not, not worry too yeah. much about... Yeah. Yeah. Even, even up until the age of maybe, like, 17. Like, you know the way we have a lot of these young guys now and mm-hmm. they look, like, really hard at 16. At 16, I wasn't anywhere near good lyrically. I wasn't, but I was very good with the vibe. I could hear it be. I just like, I just go in. So I always had that from a very early age. So yeah, so I've been doing all of that. And I think I got my first attempt at music in 2005, like when I actually tried to make music in 2005. So that's about what, how many years ago now? That's about like 17 years ago. Yeah. yeah. I actually recorded them, but it was not professionally done at all. So mm-hmm. it couldn't have come out for any reason. So that's why I said unofficially. So that was like my first attempt back then. But I just, I didn't even believe I was going to be making music like seriously. So I just left it for a long while until about eight years after that, I decided, okay, I think this is what I really want to do with my, my life and my you know, career and stuff. So that was how that played out. Just to line up the timelines. So you kind of, if you started music in like 2005 in a more like serious way, that was back when way. when Arsenal was still good. You started yes. making music. Nice way. So it's been it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, it has been a while. It was invincible then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to tie it back to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, nice. And so when you were a kid, 
what was some of the artists in particular that kind of like pushed you in the direction of rap like over over oh, singing or or maybe picking oh, up an instrument yeah. or something oh yeah yeah like okay so the thing is i wasn't such a huge fan of rap when i was a kid because mm-hmm. frankly speaking i wasn't particularly moved by rap i thought rap wasn't like exciting compared to r&b Mm-hmm. So it was maybe the likes of I like Ja Rule, I like DMX, I like you know the guys from the nineties. Those guys mm-hmm. I like them, but I think when I got to be older, like when I was, you know, maybe like my teenage, above teenage, I then realized I missed out on Pack, like two Pack. Like I realized, man, Biggie was also amazing, but that was even more Pack. Mm-hmm. So overall, I'll say like Pack is one of my like greatest maybe not influences but someone i really 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 respected a lot you know i still respect him yeah all time all time but like i said the likes of uh dmx buster rhymes ja Rule, Didi. i mean all those guys from that era like nelly i missed who was that my bad jigger jay-z yeah eminem eminem i mean the guys from that era man they even Snoop Dogg and all of them, mm-hmm. NWEs and all those guys. I mean, like, yeah, they, they had stuff going on. So, yeah, I would say those guys were, you know, quite inspirational for me. Nice. Yeah, that, that's a that's a great list. That's yeah. Pretty much, you just listed my iPod, <laughs> like every oh, yeah. artist on my iPod in middle school. You got great taste, man. Be around the same time, yeah. Uh, and harmony as as a, a vocalist, who are some of the vocalists that influenced you and like made you wanna wanna sing? It sounds somehow strange uh, because growing up at the time, I I listened to older records from my mom's archives. Yeah, so it'll be so it will seem somehow strange when I tell the younger generation. Like I used to listen to Barry White. Ooh, I listen to yeah. That's my some stuff my mom got me into. Oh really? What? Yeah, yeah, all the like all the rock stuff my dad got me into, but all the more like pop and R and B stuff was from my mom. Yeah, you know, um, I listen to I listen to Barry White, um, Smokey Robinson. Those are older records from my mom. Then mm-hmm. the older I grew, I discovered hey man, I need to do what the the, the youth listen to right now. So. I started falling in love with um, Usher Raymond. I listened to Usher Raymond, uh, Gina Wine, uh, um, Jagged Edge. And uh, of course, I won't forget uh, Mary J. Blige as well. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah, she's, so, she's incredible. Yeah, yeah she's, uh, she's fantastic. Yeah. And also, I forgot to mention uh, Beyonce as well. She's, uh, she's fantastic. Fantastic. Wait, wait who? Is, who? Beyonce knows. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was kidding. <laughs> I, I always like to, because I mean, I find most people know Beyonce. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to avoid Beyonce in this day and age. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So music at the time for me it was fun because I was always experimenting, experimenting. Sometimes I would just like um, freestyle on. The, the, their songs and remove the fact that their songs have already been recorded like in my head I'm listening to the instrumental then I just get to freestyle and sometimes I write I can remember my very first song I wrote whoa like uh, um, it wasn't anything close to nice because I felt <laughs> like even the nursery rhymes were far better than my <laughs> first song I wrote so it's, 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 it was just an adventurous road for me 
learning how to rhyme and overcoming my fears, rhyming, putting down words together mm-hmm. and freestyling and all of that. But I wouldn't say I've perfected 100% because I'm I'm an artist who's never satisfied too, as well as Tom Lash. So I feel like, you know, I can just discover other unlocked doors and know how to fuse in my, my kind of music to what's happening right now. And I tell stories as well. Mm-hmm. I tell stories as you can't you can't compare yourself to those nursery rhymes because those have had like decades, in some cases hundreds of years. Like people have yeah, yeah, those yeah. like those melodies have gotten like perfected, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just trying to like uh, make um, a, a relative explanation to yeah. how horrible my Burnford song sounded. So I mean, the older I got, I discovered, hey, did I really write that nonsense? Like <laughs> I sound too, <laughs> I sound too low and everything. Yeah. I think it's always a mistake to go back and revisit like old lyrics or old writing yeah. from when you were younger. Cause it's, oh my God, did I say that? <laughs> why, why would I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even in like something like, like, oh, this was like offensive or just, it's like, this is just bad. Yeah, it's just, yeah. it's just silly. What was, what was I thinking? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a couple months ago, I was going through like some old pieces of hardware and I found an old hard drive from, uh, from when I was in high school. It had a bunch of like short stories and and poetry that I wrote in high school. I was just like, I'm gonna select all and delete this so no one no one finds this ever. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is bad. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 real. Really, yeah, but that's the process. You know, that's the process of you know growing yeah. yourself to become the finished product. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So we can we can be proud of ourselves, man. We deserve it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you gotta appreciate how far you've come along. True. 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 Every true, true. every step of the way. Absolutely. So one thing that was interesting is that uh, so a lot of those, I think pretty much all those artists that you listed are like American artists. So so is is. American music, uh, like played in Nigeria often, and like, is it very, very popular there? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I would say, I mean, I stand corrected, but I would say more than seventy percent of foreign music on Nigerian airwaves are American. Interesting. I mean, we, I would say maybe thirty, maybe another ten percent British. Then there maybe the other twenty, maybe another ten percent Jamaican. Then maybe the other ten, the rest of the world, okay. but predominantly American. Interesting. I mean, not just now. I'm talking from way back. Yeah, from way, way, way back. Having songs from Nat King Cole. Nat King Cole. Nat King Cole. Yeah. Yeah. I know. You know That's like my grandparents' who's... music. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably in the sixties or fifties. Yeah. I mean, he's in, he's incredible, but like that's like my that's grandparents. Like, love Nat King yeah. Cole. And I remember my my uncle's favorite song is titled "Unforgettable." Yeah. I mean, he okay. has this bass in his voice. Like, I I kept asking myself, "What's so special about Unforgettable?" Till I heard the song, and I heard the song as a soundtrack for multiple movies. Oh yeah. Like then I was I was convinced that there's something special, something unforgettable about the song that made people fall in love with it. Like the command is there, the yeah. vocal, everything. He's too relaxed. And I wish I wish we could make the experiments and 
you know, let's slow down the pace of music right now because everything is just all about electronic beats. Everything is just too electronic. More of instrumentals, less vocals. They don't beat the rules anymore. Mm -hmm. It's in the note and everything. So, and reducing the use of vulgar words, it's um, it's not really well suited for me. Mm -hmm. Like we need to like sieve out all those nonsense. If I can use the word, so let's go, let's just go back to the time when music was music and we obey the rules and make people understand that hey i didn't just wake up one day and snap my finger like okay fine i want to do music mm -hmm. they obeyed the rules they were trained you understand and they like you put yourself in a position where when you hear somebody sing you get offended <laughs> and be like no he's not doing the right thing he's not hitting the right notes he's not obeying the rules and everything so, but right now tragically everything has been turned upside down so nobody wants to obey the rules anymore everybody's just about to cash and let's just do it mm. commercial yeah. yeah yeah it's it's too much about like turning something over quickly to cash yeah. in on it rather than like crafting yeah. something yeah i see what you're saying but so yeah i mean the re one of the reasons i find it interesting that like so much of those airwaves are playing american music because like i know uh like nigeria has a, a very rich musical culture of its own yeah. I know like some 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 of the bigger artists are like Fela Kuti and um yeah. uh King Sonny Ade. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah. Nice. I have I, I have uh, one of his records. He's really good. I don't know how much if any of that influences you or how popular that is like just around or how much radio play that gets. Yeah, I mean like like you rightly said, I mean we got our own music culture as well way way back you know like you rightly mentioned the likes of fella kuti and you know i mean fella is like a vibe mm -hmm. fella is the original creator of afrobeat as we have it today i mean what the younger guys are doing today basically stems from him so he's he's huge you know so i mean i grew up listening to some nigerian music as well but if i'm being completely honest from the rap side of things i would say i probably really started connecting with nigerian rap when M.I. came on the scene. I don't know if you know who that is. I don't. Can you say that one more time? Yeah. M.I. M.I. is like a legendary rapper here okay. in Nigeria. So I think I really started taking rap seriously when he came on. Now, a lot of respect to the likes of Mode 9 and Rugged Man. Like, I think they were the real pioneers of good rap. Mm -hmm. I mean, shout out to the likes of LD as well. I mean, Retribesman and likes. I mean... That's, that's when I probably started even listening. Like when they came on, like Tribesman, uh, Mode 9, Rugged Man, and those guys. But there was something MI made us realize rap could actually be something interesting and commercially viable. Mm -hmm. So he was dope. He was very lyrically gifted and he was very, very musical. So he brought all of that together and he made all of us believe like rap could be a sellable product and it could be something very, very good to listen to. So for me personally, from the rap side of things, I think he was, I wouldn't exactly say he was my influence because we don't rap alike in any way, but I, I really, really enjoyed listening to him. And I probably still do now because he's, I mean, he doesn't make that much music like he used to, but he's still a rapper anytime. So so I listen to the likes of them. And I also, I'm a huge fan of R&B as well. That's the funny thing. I'm not an R&B singer, but I listen to a lot of R&B. So yeah, maybe I even listen to a lot of R&B compared to rap growing up in Nigeria, like the likes of Plantation Boys, um, you know, yeah, I'm sure you know two, three, two, bad, bad, now. 
Yeah, so we'll, I listened to the likes of them, you know, back in the day. And yes, so we, we had Nigerian music playing simultaneously at that time, even now. So we had Nigerian music, we had foreign music. So we had like an eclectic mix of, you know, music. So interesting. Thanks. Thanks for breaking that down for me. You're welcome, sir. Yeah. I asked because like I uh the things I've heard by artists like Fela Kuti and that that King Sanyade album I have are, are really, really good and I like that a lot. But it's also something that's like very like Afrobeat and and uh what uh, juju and high life are two of the other exactly. like subgenres. Uh exactly. there's something they're like genres that when I hear them, I'm like, oh, this is really, really good, but I'm not like fully up to speed on sort of the stylistic and cultural origins uh yeah. necessarily so yeah i i appreciate you breaking that down and sort of yeah. showing how how all of that's around but at the same time there's a lot of um american influence in the airwaves oh um, yeah which i guess it makes sense because i i think the u.s pumps a lot of money to get it like our culture on display in, in other yeah. other countries, other cultures. Like you said, there's a lot of commodification of, of music. Where there's money, there's there's streams <laughs> and, and, and play counts, yeah. right? If I will have to fight for you, I won't give up. I will do anything for you, I won't give up. Savez-vous qui vous est spécial? Faire quelque chose pour toi. Marsonne sous tes yeux de toi. Parce que je t'aime. Do you know you were special? I'll do anything for you. Nobody's above you because I love you, my Chevy.
And and so um, so I guess uh, to follow up to that, talking about like how you got into rap, on the whole, in a general sense, when does rap sort of start to come into play in Nigerian music? From the U.S., like rap starts to gain a lot more prominence in the '80s, and and then those '90s artists that you were talking about, like Tupac, Biggie. Yeah. yeah. When does that sort of find its way into Nigerian music and culture? And when do Nigerian artists start, you know, incorporating rap in, in their music? Right, right. So I would say mid-90s slash late-90s. That's when it became conscious. Mm-hmm. But when it became commercially viable was, I think, specifically 2008. Am I, am I, am I? needed something else i mean like he's written his name in the books of history for nigerian rap mm-hmm. really so like i said it started like in the mid 90s with the likes of uh, tribesmen the remedies and you know those guys so he just book rim and those guys and then mode nine came on board rugged man and all those guys so that, i think yeah in the mid 90s slash late 90s yes late 90s early 2000s then it was by the late night late 2000s that it became commercially viable. Like okay. everyone was like, okay, so rap is this good in Nigeria. Right now, um, we're in an electronic era where music can go viral. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to make it a must. You rap in your own dialect. You can just, you know, play along. Like the, um, rap like the T.I.'s, Buster Rhymes, Jay-Z's, Nas. Mm-hmm. So it was like this um, single body fused with all those kind of personalities and, and, and style of rap. So it just gave the youth, the, the younger rappers, the opportunity to like explore yeah. and sound like the likes of uh, um, Lil Wayne, the likes of the Lil, um, Lil Wayne and Kendrick Lamar, yeah. Cool, yeah, uh, thank you. Um, turn the focus back onto your guys' music. So when did you start making the, the Hit Factory EP? Okay, so the Hit Factory... It was in the making, I guess, from when we made our very first record, but it was unofficial then, so we just were making music. So I think we decided to formalize it in 2000, sorry, what am I saying? We formalized it like last year, yeah, mm-hmm. but we were making music prior to that. So we just decided, you know, like we could actually make something, you know, meaningful and, you know, official out of this. So we came together and said, you know what, let's just make this a proper like duo like you know you're a great singer i'm a good rapper you know let's just get this together and that's how we conceived the idea you know and yeah we got that going 
The main reason why the Hit Factory was made is because um, he's a rapper, I'm a singer. So we wouldn't want to bore the audience with too much rap music and there's nobody to do the magic when it comes to notes, hitting mm-hmm. notes, melody. So that's why I come in. So we, we get to join both talents together. So everybody can just pick their choice and whichever angle you ask us to uh, display, we'll be able to display. So that's the main reason why the Hit Factory was made. And personally, I feel the Hit Factory is um, a group of duo who are out there to seize the opportunities that comes their way without introducing themselves because mm-hmm. we know we have to understand. And we always want to like give this confidence to every listener out there. Like We are authoritative. We are solid and we stand, you understand? So there's mm-hmm. no there's no hitches, no flimsy flows, no nothing, because we're there just to let people know that we have it. So it's, it might sound imposing, but hey, that's the reason why we're called the Hit Nice. Yeah, so I mean, if, it sounds like you guys have sort of worked out a good tandem as collaborators and, and bandmates. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, true. Really good understanding with each other yeah. and, and, you know, what you're both individually good at and how you can sort of combine that into something, something greater than what you could do on your own as individuals. Yeah, true, true. Um, I mean, I always figured he, he, he complements what I do. Like I just figure anything I'm creating and he comes on board. I mean, like he just brings that magic to it. So I just figured, <laughs> nah, come on, man. It's just, it's a no brainer. <laughs> when, when you set out, uh, like when you get into like a studio space to, to record a song, how much is, like pre-planned uh, or versus how much is sort of like just off the cuff, like in spur of the moment. I, yeah. Okay. It's, it's usually pre-planned. It's almost always pre-planned, but because he's an amazing singer and he's amazing with the ad lead, sometimes he just gets his ideas. And even when we're there without planning it, he just drops it. That That's happened a number of times actually. Mm-hmm. So we usually try to be organized going into the studio. But when we are at the studio, we we can actually just be more relaxed and say, you know what, let's just flow, go with the flow. And if he has an idea, I mean, sure, why not? I mean, for the rap side of things, it's really very, very organized. So that one is, I plan it, I drop it. But for him, with the singing, he can be more flexible. And that's what usually happens. Nice. Do you guys go in with a with a beat already already ready? Numerous occasions we go in without a planned beat. You know, sometimes just ask the producer, "What do you have?" Like, let's listen to a couple of beats you have. Then we get to hear, we hear different beats. Then if we come across anyone that's suitable for us, I'll be like, "Okay, fine. I like this instrumental. It's nice. We could work with this." Then let's kick off. Then sometimes we get to write our songs there and then, or sometimes we come the next day to finish up and we record. Mm-hmm. That's how we did. And on other occasions, we have the beats. And we have the songs written, but in most cases, when we go to the studio to record, we just have to like, you know, reason deep and feel, um, you know what, I think this is not working well. Let's just like remove the snares or put in some drums and, and guitars and all of that. Then that's how it happens. Like we don't really have a fixed song for a fixed beat and we get to record the whole thing that day. For example, um, Special, the song Special, I'd written that song like three, four years ago. And I chose not to complete the song because I felt like there was something missing in the song. Mm-hmm. But the moment we made the plan to record the song, we decided to record the song. I felt like, okay, fine, let me just scrap a whole lot of things. And I felt the magic then. 
guitarist we had there who was uh, our producer. So he just sparked up the light in me and I felt like, fine, this is it. Like today could be the day we'll get to record this song, finished. Like after I've been nursing the song for three years back then. So that's how we work sometimes. It's um, it's impromptu. Mm-hmm. Um, some things could just come up and change our mind and we'll get to start all over again. That's how we, we write our songs and record our songs. I'm I'm glad you mentioned special because that's a that's a really really lovely song. I love the um the Thank like all yeah yeah I uh, I love the alternating um, vocals between like French and English. It gives French it English, like yeah, yeah. yeah I mean work. French French is such a beautiful language, and then you you pick like the perfect times to veer into English to yeah yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Al. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you like the song. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 really really pretty, and um, I don't know, you know, I I think it's one of those songs that uh, the hallmark of a good sort of romantic song is that like, you know I didn't have anything, yeah. I didn't write the song, I didn't have anything to do with the recording of the song, but you know when I listen to it, you know, there's somebody that I think of, and that's <laughs> you're right. You know, I'm sure there was you were thinking of somebody when you wrote that like three or four years ago. Yes, yes, actually, you got me there. The thing is, um, I was asked this question some time ago, like, what were you thinking? Like, if somebody break your heart or something, like, were you heartbroken? I don't know. There's this um, lady I'm trying to meet, you understand? Mm-hmm. In my mind, I know I, I love this girl. Like, I like her. Yes, I want her. But it was sound ridiculous me expressing myself to her. Somebody I'm just meeting for the first time, and she she might just turn me down and be like, you know, like, sorry, you're in a haste, and I, I don't think, um, I don't think we can have anything to get or something. So the truth is, that song I wrote the song. Did you? Sorry, did about, you? Did you try singing the song to her when you met her? No, I couldn't <laughs> sing the song because the song wasn't complete. <laughs> <laughs> now that it's out, have you have you gone back and be like, hey, by the way? <laughs> um, um, honestly, I I couldn't contact her because oh. she she left. Yeah, she left. But hopefully, maybe she might get to listen to the song and she'll come back and everything could come back again as well. So, that's baby making music. Did you just say that's baby making music? <laughs> Part of my French. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, I don't disagree. <laughs> it's, yeah, no. <laughs> it's baby making music from the guy who whose first influence he said Barry White. So it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You got exactly. You're influenced by some of the most baby making music ever. <laughs> exactly. 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 <laughs> I I also liked um I liked follow me a lot the last song on the EP I really liked there was a lot of inter- interesting rhythms especially like mixing the guitar and the percussion together like the use of the guitar is our signature for any songs we get to record mm-hmm. it's not like we just want to like not make it too cliche where everybody gets to call their names or you know bring in their their signature some vocals comes in mentioning their names if you understand. Mm-hmm. So I felt like every time you listen to the song or a song from the Hit Factory, when you hear the sound of the guitar, whether it's electric guitar or acoustic guitar, it's from the Hit Factory, you understand? Like, we just want to make it fundamental anywhere, anytime you find yourself. So when you listen to the song, you know it's the Hit Factory. Mm-hmm. So it gives us an edge to um, introduce ourselves without announcing our names, you understand? So Yeah, I mean, that's sort of, that's like the goal you want people to be able to tell it's your music just just from like a five second clip right 
whether you know from any section of a song whether it's like tom's like rap lyrics your singing vocals or just like an instrumental section and i i can definitely hear that like i have a a very limited like i've heard these three songs by you guys and that's pretty much it but it sounds you know it sounds very much like a sort of a cross section a very unique cross section of these influences that you've talked about yeah where you know i can i can hear how like the guitar sets a different pace amongst because you do have some electronic production, but then you do have that sort of like organic stuff with the yeah, guitar yeah, and, yeah, and other other rhythmic parts. Uh, and you said you have like a there's a guitarist that like a session guitarist that you guys go to. Actually, that's a producer. He's he's like multi. He's a multi instrumentalist, multi talented. Oh, so the best. You, you get love it. a love a multi instrumentalist. <laughs> nah, he's a, he's amazing. Like he's. He's just something special, pun intended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's really, really good. So, I mean, he, he plays a lot. He plays the guitar, the ukulele, the piano, the keyboard, mm. the drums. Just name it, man. He plays almost everything. That's just that's just allowed. So he's good. <laughs> nice. And so is there anything that you guys are working on currently that, um, like, what's the next step now that you've had this ep out for a little bit mm, uh, i think we just want to like make it as known as possible you know like i think for one like special is a song that deserves to be heard by a great deal of people like a lot of people deserve to hear that song i mean i feel even if they don't get to listen to the ep I think we should listen to special. So we want to do as much as we can to get word out there, to let people know, like, oh, yeah, like, because I, I, I always told Harmony, like, bro, you, you're like the fulcrum. You're like the heartbeat of the Heat Factory. Like, you could probably hear a song on the Heat Factory without me, Tom, but you wouldn't hear a song on the Heat Factory without him. So I'm like, bro, man, let's just spread the gospel. Let, that's special, like, prove to be that special song and let it go around the world. I mean, like you rightly said, it's got French in it and it's got English. So, I mean, that's like, there's like two major languages around the world. So, I mean, that's like global material already. Yeah. So we we just want to get word out as much as we can. So, I mean, we got a lot of songs that are in the pipelines, you know, reading and waiting to produce already in production. So we got a number of things, but I think we just want to gain enough traction, enough publicity and we appreciate the platform that we already have. For example, you, Hari, you know, thank you so much for having us. And yeah, we're course. hoping like, yeah, we're hoping like you could also help us propagate this, you know, get it across the globe and maybe the Grammys can come knocking or something. You never know. So <laughs> but I, I don't, it. yeah, I don't have the number for the, the Grammy selection committee. <laughs> uh, I, I will help do what I can based on like, you know, the sort of limited following. I saw a lot of people, um, my following is very focused on Boston, like the Boston and New England area. So, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm happy to like, I did want to talk to you guys. I'm excited we got, because we've been talking Tom and I on email for like a couple months now. And you, you hit me up at like, I was ending the first season of this, this podcast. And I was like, Oh, I want to talk to these guys, but I just have to like put it off for a little bit. So I'm, I'm grateful that you guys were flexible and and still willing to talk after, (laughs) even though I can be a nightmare to schedule with sometimes. 
And uh, uh, it's, it's, a, it's our greatest honor to be, you know, having you have us, you know, yeah. really appreciate the Yeah, and like I said, um, like I've, so I've spoken to artists from Canada on this podcast before. And so technically they were the first like international, you know, non-US guests, but they're like Canada yeah. is just, just north of the US. So it's not very right. far. So this is yeah. like the first intercontinental interview that I've done. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so I'm, you know, I was really excited to, to talk to you guys. And I just wanted to add some answers to the questions you asked okay. concerning the, the, the moves we have for the Hit Factory. The song special, actually, the main reason, another reason why I recorded the song is um, to consider the West African countries around us that speak French. Mm-hmm. Other neighboring African countries, Frank, Francophone countries, that's what we call them here. So we'll be able to reach them if they don't really embrace music in English. You understand? So I felt mm-hmm. like we could reach them locally and internationally, like the likes of the Canadians, the French, the French part of Canada, and um, other international countries with huge French audience, like they'll get to like the song. Mm-hmm. So that's why I just had to like, let, like, um, weigh the balance on both sides. Probably if both people are fans of um, English and French together mixed, so perhaps that could help us, you know, um, sail through very well. Mm-hmm. So I, I did the song because I wanted to consider the, um, the French audience in Africa as well, because there are times artists who get more appreciated when they, when they hear you sing in French, mm-hmm. in other West African countries or East African countries, and they fall in love with your songs more than, in fact, the, the fans are so huge. The turn up will be so huge more than the, the fans you have, the audience you have in Nigeria here. Mm-hmm. So we decided to take through that route you understand, like coming with contingency plans, you understand, not just English alone, but adding French as well would help us, you know, boost our, uh, our popularity, you understand. So that was another reason why we had to record the song in both English and French. Yeah, well, that's, a, that's a great reason. Yeah, thank you. Anything else uh, that you guys want to sort of leave off with? Any any plans, any messages to, to the listeners or, or the world that you want to sort of just associate with the hit factory okay i said uh, i would just like to add that you know we would like to reach out to all of our supporters and fans and people who have had the opportunity of listening to ors especially via this platform this uh, interview with you harry to you know spread the gospel listen to the records tell somebody about it and just let's make let's make history man like it doesn't always have to be a dance challenge to go viral. I think great content can actually, you know, like spiral out of control in a good way. Mm-hmm. So I think we just want to reach out to everyone who's had the opportunity to listen to this to help, you know, spread the gospel, you know, tell somebody about special, tell somebody about the heat factory, tell somebody about follow me so you can follow me and tell the world about special, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> and then we pray it works out. <laughs> <laughs> You see what I did there? <laughs> so that's it for me. Like, I just want like everyone to like vibe along. Let's just listen. I just want to thank everyone who's listening and who's been, you know, like supporting us. Yeah, thank you so much for listening, for being with us, for encouraging, for supporting the movement, the Hate Factory. Thank you so much. And I really, really hope everyone turns out great and COVID becomes a thing of the past and we can all make music and succeed and, you know, live live happily after. 
Yeah. Yeah. Amen True. to that. <laughs> amen. Amen. So you want to add something, how many? Yeah. 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 And I wanted to add, like, Harry, I don't know if it's just me, but you remind me of Richard Gere. Richard Gere? <laughs> yeah. I don't oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a good-looking guy. So, hey, I mean, I'll take you, it. I'll take it. Yeah, I, I just keep looking like that. He reminds me of someone. I'm thinking, I've, yeah, I've never gotten Richard like Gere before, but I'll take it. Yeah, he's a he's a good-looking guy. <laughs> oh yeah, he is. He is. I mean, like, I'm Bill Clinton as well. Somewhere in between. <laughs> that one, that one, I can, I can. Uh, I'll stick with the Richard Gere one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of, of uh, politicians. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> whatever, whatever side they happen to to fall on. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, yeah, I know. I, know. I, know. I can relate, man. Politics but I'll, I'll definitely country. take the Richard Gear one. <laughs> oh yeah, man. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Tom Lash, Harmony, The Hit Factory. Thank you guys yeah. so much for for taking the time to to talk to me to schedule this this international Zoom call. Thank you so much Thanks. for having us. Yeah. No, it's it's been a pleasure connecting with you guys and, and getting to know you Likewise. personally Likewise. and yeah learning about your music true 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 we appreciate the honor yeah all right well thank you guys so much i'll talk to you soon bye bye
Merci beaucoup. All right, everybody, there you have it. That's my interview with The Hit Factory, comprised of Tom Lash and Harmony. Wonderful duo from, from Lagos. Thank you to them for uh, taking the time to schedule that with me and sit down with me. Go listen to their music because it's a lot of fun and it'll bring a smile to your face. Uh, the three tracks you heard in order, they were called Pray, Follow Me, and Special. You can find them on Spotify, The Hit Factory. Go check them out. Next week, I will be back with singer-songwriter Allison Clancy. Bye.